This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT HD, WOGL HD3, Philadelphia. A radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour. The Mortgage Mom, Deanne Katsaros, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good morning. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? I am very excited. Very excited this it's morning. It's going to be one of those days. It is one of those days. So if you want to ask us a question, give us a call about residential, real estate, mortgages, commercial, whatever. My number is 267 266 5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're here every week to help answer your questions, keep you informed on what's happening with the market, because I think we're the only ones talking about it. And you can listen to this show and soon at our website at goodnewsandrealestate.com. So what's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Got one for you. We have our business tips with asking Dr. A. He's on. We have Mark's funny story. Got one. We also have our Mortgage Mom segment. Which is... You ready? The similarities between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval. All right. I'm impressed. Very good. (laughs) We also have our... We're honored today to have Mark Linsky from Debt Free Living. And he's here to talk about living debt free. A very interesting topic. Mark, we also have our questions. How do I keep my emotions out of selling a home? That's a good one for you. Yeah, thanks. How do I set up a rent-to-own situation? Right. And what if a house for sale needs work? Another good question. They should have listened last week. Yes. How many houses do realtors sell every year? I know the answer to that one. And our last question, what happens during the show? Showing of a house. During the showing of a house. It's an interesting question. I'll be your nose. Very good. And our topic of the day is fear of success. What is it all about? Yep. But first, Mark, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is a quiet voice at the end of the day saying, I will try again tomorrow. Nice. All right. That's happened a lot of times. You always make me pause (laughs) after that because it's so profound. All right. So where are we at? We are up to the market report. And there's the bell. So... Last week, I got a a bunch of responses about that report last week about the women being the big buyers. I bragged about it. Oh, no, because you're a woman, of course. Hear me roar. (laughs) 
<laughs> so nothing's been able to stop this housing boom, not even higher interest rates in the past. And now they're even lower. Luxury home builders told brothers said Tuesday that the demand for houses is so strong across the country. The company signed a record number of contracts in the last quarter and they're mostly luxury. Right. And Toll Brothers reported quarterly financial results at easily top forecast and raised its outlook for the year, citing a backlog of new homes for their third quarter. So they're behind, like every other builder. Right. Higher rates do not seem to be an issue for prospective buyers down the road, mainly because the job market remains strong, housing prices are rising. The company said the average price of its home in the most recent quarter was eight hundred and fifty one thousand nine hundred. Right up your alley. I'm gonna man. move. Right up your alley. <laughs> I'm in the wrong market. Compared to seven hundred and ninety one thousand four hundred a year ago. That really went up. It did. Toll Brothers expects that price for the current quarter will range between eight forty and eight seventy. Wow. So I only have to hire one more assistant. And then I'm good. I think two, <laughs> plus a maid. And this is probably about a 5,000 square foot house. Yep. Mortgage rates are expected to hold under four for most of 2020. 2020. I, I thought you I, were I, stuttering. I know. I wasn't stuttering. 2020. <laughs> and while job net creation will likely exceed 2 million, Lawrence Wen uh, from and the National Association of Realtors, a very unbiased group, uh, he noted that these factors are promising for the housing market and cautioned that the low inventory remains the significant long-term concern, concern which we keep talking about. Due to the shortage of affordable homes, home sales, will they think, will only rise around 4%. Still, the national medium home growth is in no danger of failing due to inventory shortages, shortages while the rise of 4%. The new home construction market also looks by, uh promising pointing to data of, of active listings at realtor.com the problem is the markets where the listings are priced around 250 an affordable point in most markets are drawing most of the significant buyers but the builders are not building them so the state of housing 2020 is going to depend on whether home builders bring more affordable homes to the market home prices or even rents are increasing too rapidly and inventory could help correct the problem, which I think by the end of 2020, we might see some more. All right. So tell us about the rates. The rates are fabulous. Once again, 30-year fixed rate, 3.5%. Your VA is 3.25%. 20-year fixed at 3.4%. Damn. And the fixed, uh, the 15-year fixed rate is 3%. It's unbelievable. So fabulous time to refinance, fabulous time to buy. It's a win-win. Furry win-win. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here at Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaros and Mark Cumberland. After the break and a message from Debt-Free Living, learn more at wehatedebt.com. Deanne and Mark will return with more here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to your funny story. And I got one for you. So this realtor dies, right? And he, I don't know why. A lot of people have been dying lately. <laughs> but anyway, this realtor dies, and he gets up there in front of the judgment. And they told him before uh, 
that, you know, he gets to meet with God or something, he should tell them, you know, about their life. Because honestly, they didn't know what to do with this guy. He wasn't particularly good or particularly bad. We're not really sure what to do with you. So he can, can you tell us anything you did to make, help us make a decision? So the newly arrived soul thought for a moment. He goes, yeah. He goes, once I was driving along, I came upon a person who was being harassed by a group of thugs. So I pulled over. I got a bat out of my trunk. I went up to the leader of the thug. He was a real big muscular guy with a ring in his nose and his lip. I tore the ring out of his lip. I told him and his gang, you better start bothering this guy or I didn't have to deal with me. And the guy says, wow, that was impressive. You get when that happened. It was about three minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like that one too much, huh? Yeah, I'm I'm still trying to get over the whole head thing. Oh, uh, you're still stuck on that one from last week? I am. All right. If you have a funny story you'd like to hear on our show, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it's time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Mortgage Mom, Deanne Katsaris from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic is the similarities between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval. Wow. I got it. 11 years. <laughs> 11 years and you got one. I got one. Thank you so yeah, much. That means so like, much. You, know, you, know, you don't have a line in the water. You ain't going to catch one. <laughs> so tell me about so this. So this is a big sticking point because there's a lot of information out there, especially people Googling on how to get a mortgage, what's the process. And I'm going to tell you that 90% of the information is not true. That's true. So I want to I give our audience the information so that they can be prepared when it comes to financing their new home. Now, chances are they've come across the mortgage pre-approval or the mortgage pre-qualification, or possibly even both. So what does it mean to get pre-approved versus getting pre-qualified? And you know, for the last 11 years, I've been preaching this. So I want to tell you- A what lot the, of people don't know. They And why would they? Because nobody's out there being a resource like myself, explaining that to them. Right. So a mortgage pre-approval and a mortgage pre-qualification have the same benefits for anyone considering purchasing a home with a mortgage. Right. Both of them can help estimate the loan amount and what you'll qualify for. And this can help you save time by starting the home search by looking only at homes that you know that you're going to be able to fit into your budget. It also is going to prevent frustration when finding out that the house you wanted is actually out of your budget. So that's the worst is when a realtor will go and take somebody shopping and have no idea what they're pre-approved or pre-qualified for. Right, and then they show them the $300,000 house and they're approved for two. And guess who has to tell them that they're not qualified to purchase that? Yeah, and then the problem with the realtor is to get to find one that looks like that $300,000 right. house. Regardless of whether you have a pre-approval letter or a pre-qual, both can help show the sellers that you're a serious contender when submitting your offer. So for a seller to confidently accept your offer, they'll want to submit you know, that you've been approved for a mortgage and the home sale will close. So the pre-approval letter or the pre-qualification letter can help demonstrate that you have a good chance of being approved for that mortgage yeah, but the, and the amount that you're going to be pre-approved for. But the one is... I'm getting there. Uh, getting I'm, there. Getting right, there. I'm getting there. Many sellers will require a pre-approval or a pre-qual if you're planning to get the mortgage, but it's not required. A, pre, um, a pre-approval or a pre-qual will help your letter, will help your offer stand out. Oh, yeah. All right. So this can be especially helpful in competitive real estate markets like the ones that we're in now. And you are very helpful. <clears throat> Thank you. 
the difference between a pre-approval and a pre-qual. Your pre-qualification means you've had a conversation with a loan officer and you've told them how much you make. You told them that where you've been working for how long and they have possibly run your credit. From that point, you're able to issue a pre-qualification. A pre-approval means that we have collected all of your documents. Right. We've received the, t- the 1040s for the past two years. We've done a verification of employment if you're getting overtime or commission. Um, we've also verified all of your assets in the bank so that we know not only do you have money for the down payment, but we know where your closing costs are going to come from. And the great thing about getting the pre-approval is when I get an, when I get a client that what has put an offer in and that offer has been accepted, I'm calling the listing agent and letting them know exactly what I have. I have the W-2s. We're going to close. The only thing that we need to take care of is the actual house. Right. We need to make sure that it appraises, home inspection goes well. But other than that, they're good to go. I know. They, they're ready to buy. The pre-quals, most of the time, they don't even run their credit. They Correct. ask them how much they make, and they just guesstimate it. And they give them a letter saying, you can buy a house for 250000 signed by the vice president of this, right. which means nothing. Right. Right. It means nothing. And if you're going off of credit karma or credit sense, that's not a true FICO score because in no. the mortgage world, we're, we're using what's called a mid-score. So we take out your high score, we take out your low score, and we're using the mid-score. So if you go on Credit Karma and you just get an experience that says 640, but then your TransUnion is a 580 and your um, Equifax is a 570, we're taking out the high, we're taking out the low, and guess what? You do not qualify. Right. So you, it's yeah. very important to work with a lender that you feel comfortable with that takes you through the process, explains the process, and you understand what the difference is between getting pre-approved and pre-qualified. Because again, pre-approved, you're sleeping at night. Pre-qualified, you still have one eye opening, open, wondering if I should have given more information to the lender. Right, and I, I won't take send anybody out unless they're totally pre-approved. I won't send out a pre-qualification. So if you need to get pre-approved, you can either go to my website, which is www.mortgagemom.net, or give me a call at 609-605-7153. Yeah, definitely get pre-approved. All right, so let's go over our questions. All right, what's the first one? And I feel like you set me up for this. I did. How do I keep emotions out of selling a home? You don't get emotional. (laughs) How can you not? I know. No, well. Well, well, you, Mr. Warm and Fuzzy. Yeah, I am warm and fuzzy. Now, you are selling your house and you're all emotionally attached to it. But it's hard. And what's your point? The hard, it it is hard. People get, but sometimes people get so emotional and they get so stressed out. Buyers, it happens to buyers a lot because if they, they buy the house, they go through the house, they put an offer in, they get it, they win the bid. Right. They do if they go to the home inspection, which not all buyers do, but they we recommend they do. They see the house again, and then they don't see this house again for a while. So they're sitting at home, and they get start getting nervous. And should I have done it? And especially like what Doctor A talks about the four personality types: the D, the I, the S, and the C. The S and the C starts sitting at home, going, "Ooh, should I have? Should I have bought this house? Maybe I should have waited." Yep. And the same with the sellers. You know, uh, now that I think of it. Do I really want to move? Do I, I really love my house? Do I really? And it's hard to keep emotion out of it. So how do you keep emotion out? You try to, you try to keep them focused on what the original goal was and, and, and bring them back. 
and don't and stay in touch with them. Well, I'm going to tell you too. There, there There's needs always to, but, going to be some emotion, but there needs to be a motivating factor. Like I'm going to be excited to move when I know where I'm going. Like right now, let's put the house up for sale. Well, where am I going? Right. So I am emotionally like not thinking that I'm going to be homeless, but thinking I don't have anything else to look forward to because I don't have something under contract or haven't found something that I fell in love with. Yeah. You can smile and laugh. I, I just. You got to like show it to more people than the UPS guy in the mail. Oh man. my God. And then you'll, I think you'll have a plan. What's the next question? How do I set up a rent to own situation? Now, this is interesting because this is a marketing tool most of the time that brokers do. They put ads out, rent to buy, rent to buy. So then, you know, 40% of Philadelphia rents out of 676,000 homes. So all these people out there are thinking, well, I don't, they don't know the difference between a pre-qualification and pre-approval, what you just talked about. Right. They don't have a plan. They think they need the big myth, 20% down. Right. So they don't know all that. They're not sure about their credit score. They look, might look at Credit Karma or something. So they think they need like 700 credit score and 20% down. So they see this rent to buy ad. So they call up and they go, Where, where's this rent to buy ad? And then this agent at this company, which it's a marketing gimmick, they say, oh, they're all over. And then what's your name? And they try to get them pre-approved right. and see, and then try to turn them into a buyer. But in actuality, it wasn't a house. Now, if there is an actual house that there's some situation and they want to set up a rent to own, that's a lease to own. Right. So you sign a lease with a person and then it has a date that they're going to purchase. Like maybe there's some reason like, they had some issues, some family issue, whatever it was. Whatever it is, right. You but set the, it up. the seller agrees that he'll lease to them for a while, and then at a certain point, they'll purchase. Maybe the rent goes towards some of the purchase. Maybe it doesn't. It's according to how it's written. But a regular rent to own, they're usually gimmicks to get the phone to ring right. at a real estate office. But um, you're And you're absolutely right. But to, to set that up, it needs to be a legal document. Everything needs to be spelled out. Right. In black and white. So you would definitely need to either go through a lawyer or you would need to go through a real estate agent and make sure it's all yeah. it's all in there. All right. Question number three. What if a house for sale needs work? And this is what you talked about last week. Right. Like say you're in this market where somebody gets pre-approved and they, they're approved for 300000 and they want to look up in Mount Airy near my office where the average price is like three fifty, And... They can't find anything. There's like four or five houses for sale and everything they go to look at is already under contract. But they find that one that needs work. And you talked about it last week, the 203K program. Right. There's the now, home style where you're putting the renovations yeah, into the loan. you do all the renovations, make this house the way you want it, and be in the neighborhood you want it to be in if it needs work. Otherwise, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to have to go in there and you're going to have to fix this up. If a, what if a house for sale needs work? They all need work. Right. Somebody's going to they want to do something. But if there's something where a roof needs to be done, or let's say you yeah. have a home inspection and you find that, you know, it needs a new roof, it needs landscaping, they want to rip out the bathroom, all of that can be incorporated into the loan as long as they qualify. Right. All right, next question. How many houses do realtors sell every year? Actually, this is an interesting question, and it shocks a lot of realtors. The average realtor in the United States sells 12 houses and makes 55000 a year. That's the average realtor. Like, I just did a coaching session on Saturday. I do free coaching sessions. And I shock them when I tell them that. 
because they all think everybody's making, you know, I want 200 grand. And 20% of them are, but 80% of them are not because they don't know how to generate business. They're not good lead generators. They do the usual. They send the calendars out and the postcards and Those the, are the ones schedules the and the yep. And then they cross their fingers and hope they call. And that's how the majority of realtors operate. The ones that lead really know how to operate and call their people three, four times a year and have a relationship with them. They're the ones that make a few hundred thousand a year. But the average realtor in the United States, 55 grand, 12 houses. <laughs> All right. What happens during the show, the showing of a house that's for sale? Now I keep me, screwing that question now up. Now with me, I go. And you open uh, the door. door <laughs> let me know what you if think. If it's on a lockbox, I open the lockbox <laughs> and I go in and then I kind of like turn on the lights and I lead them through the house and let them take a look and uh, answer questions. So what happens if they ask you where the couch should go? Well, if it's empty, they got a problem. <laughs> if it's all in great shape and it's like it and it's in their price range, uh, what I'll do is, at a showing, if they really say, this is it, I'll whip out a pen and my, uh, uh, and my phone. But let's be real. And I'll do closing <clears throat> costs and say, and this is where you want to be mortgage-wise, too. Right. This works. But the actual showing of the house is you're walking through the house. Yeah, they usually Normally take like the 10, sellers, 15 minutes. The sellers are not there. So you're walking through the house. They're checking out the bedrooms, checking out the basement if there's one. You know, going through the actual house. Yeah. Go through every room. Going through every room. Looking at the measurements. Is there furniture? You know, is the bedroom set going to fit in the master bedroom? You know, what is going through the backyard? I mean, there's they're going through that house from top to bottom to see if it's something that's yeah, going to fit and their needs. usually is not that long of a process. I mean... Well, it depends. If they like the house, it's going to be a longer process. Sometimes you walk into the house and you're like, nope, this isn't the one. Oh, yes. And then you go to see 15 more, which yes. is why I am not a realtor. But some of them, but even ones that I really fell in love, they don't spend that much time. So anyway... All right, so coming up next is our guest segment with Mark Linsky from Debt-Free Living. And he's here to talk about living debt-free. Which I want to be. <laughs> and you will. Uh, all right, so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio, 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. In a moment, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. But first, a word from one of our home team partners, Remax and Alan Stassen, who's famous for being a Philadelphia real estate expert. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are honored today to have Mark Linsky from Debt-Free Living here today, and he's going to talk about living debt-free. I know. I went to one of your seminars. Good to see you, Mark. Great to see you as well. And I am I really need to set myself up with you personally. I, I truly believe in this. So explain to us what you guys do. Absolutely. Well, first off, I look forward to that meeting. Maybe we can book something when the radio show's over. Yes. Basically, what I do for a living, and I'm very blessed because I do it with my son, so it's a father-son team, and I can't tell you how great that is, but what I basically do and what he does is we're, we consider ourselves problem solvers. 
sometimes people say that's corny. You know, that's just a, something that people would say in any business. But the truth of the matter is the way I see it, that's a problem. Now, of course, I'm generalizing. There's good debt and there's bad debt. Yeah. Uh, but bad debt, what I'm referring to is credit card debt, student loan debt, um, business debt, auto debt, those types of things. And yeah, the ball and chain debt. Ball and chain debt. I ask my clients all the time, if you had an option, would you rather pay interest or earn interest? They've never once picked the first one. It's always the latter. So what we've done was we designed a program to make that happen. And it's simple. And that's the key. I've been doing this for 33 years now. My son's been in the practice now for three years. And what I've realized, and I know this is another corny um, expression, but complexity is the enemy of execution. And when it Agreed. gets too complex, yep. you know what happens? Eyes glaze over, shut down. It, the people shut down, the brain shuts down, and that's it. And you know what that happens? They hope that somehow, some way, they're going to get themselves out of debt. They don't know how, but they just hope it's going to happen. But what's really happening is it starts to snowball. And one of the things that we do for our clients is we give them an analysis of what their debts look like right now. Because I can say to you, Mark, how much money do you have in debt? And we're just, ch- we're just chatting right now. You haven't told me anything yet. Right. But let's just say theoretically you say, well, I owe $200,000 in debt. Right. And then we run an analysis and we say, but by the time you pay off the debt, you actually owe 400000 With the interest rate. With all the interest. That interest is gone. So all we do is say, why don't we take that interest and recapture it? Let's bring it back to you. This way we're taking a bill and we're converting it into a deposit. And before you know it, you look at your account, and not only are you out of debt, but now you have money. You're building your own bank for your future. So you're really using a dollar twice. You're getting yourself out of debt, which is an awesome feeling, and you're also planning for your future and your retirement or for the future of your family. Right, and just have, just have more fun because you don't have all this debt. Can you imagine if you just close your eyes for a minute and just think what life would feel like with no debt? I mean, right. the air would just smell nicer, you know? When oh, you yeah? see somebody like that, you could just tell, you know, they're just happier. They have a lighter walk. You know, the food tastes better. They're happier. They're, they're just, just upbeat people. And then the opposite is true. When you see somebody that's bogged down with debt, their shoulders are slumped. They're miserable. Yeah. It's a horrible thing. The weight of the world on you. So why live that way when you can live the other way? And that's exactly what we've done, and we focused our entire career on doing that. And the truth of the matter is, I never even thought about it before, but when my son got involved in the business, and he saw what I was doing in helping small business owners self-finance, and people with credit cards getting out of these debts, his first thing to question to me was, do you think this would work for student loans? Because he's graduating a university right. where all his friends are coming out with $100,000, $200,000 of student loan debt. I run into him all the time. He's got a dentist friend, a dentist, who's got $250,000 worth of student loan debt. Yep. That's I, why their suicide rate's so high. Right. It's not because people hate the dentist. It's because they're bogged down with debt. Doctors. And when getting a mortgage, we have to count 1% of that. For an FHA loan, that's correct. we have to count 1% of that as their liability. That's correct. That's two hundred and forty. That's $2,400. Right. You know, Deanne, one of the most rewarding things we do in our practice is when somebody comes to us and says, 
oh, my dream was to buy this home. The realtor showed us the house we want. We went to somebody like Deanne and she showed us how much money we're going to borrow. And then we find out we can't get the money because our credit rating stinks. And within a year, we sit down and we get their credit rating to go way up, very simply, because we lower their debt. We get them out of those credit card debts. We get those student loan debts shrunk. My son could take a 20-year student loan and shrink it average about four years. Now, if you're paying a student loan debt for 20 years and you're out in four, what are you going to do with that money for the next 16 years? We teach you how to redirect that money back to yourself. You're leaving with a receipt. You're leaving with a receipt. And another thing that I find, which is very fascinating, we do some business down in Florida and in Atlantic City, and you see these guys on these boats, beautiful 40, 50-foot boats, living life, and you're saying, boy, I wish I could be like that one day. And then you talk to them, and you find out they have a boat with a mortgage bigger than the mortgage on their house. So we could take a 20-year boat loan and shrink it to about six. And now not you own the boat, still make the payments, but instead of paying the finance company, pay yourself. Be your own bank. The end of the day, you got the boat and the cash. That makes sense. Why are more people not taking advantage of this? They don't know about it. Yep. You know who knows about it? The top 1%. The people that we look at and say, how do they do it? Yeah. How come they're not paying all this money in income tax? How come we are the little guy? Because they know things that we don't know. And what I've done in my practice with debt-free living is I've taken this information, this valuable information that the top 1% use, and I've brought it down to the level of regular people. And in 33 years, I have to tell you, there's never been anything, anything more fulfilling as a financial advisor than to help someone get out of debt. I run into it all the time because I own the real estate school. So every month I have tons of millennials that are burdened with debt. And they're hoping to get a real estate license and make a lot of money. And one of their big uh, uh, goals is to pay off them as loans and get out of that debt. And they're the ones I I should start directing them to your company and say, you should talk to these people before you go coming up with your own plan. I want to interrupt you because they're still not going to call. They're still not going to call. That's correct. Mark or David has to reach out to them directly. And call them. It's just like, here, call my friend. She'll pre-approve you. They never call. No one, as much as they want it, for some reason, they don't pick up the phone and they don't follow through. So, That's true. So, you, Mark, you need to call Mark. Absolutely. Because Mark's not going to call you. And I'll tell you something. I have found that it's 100% correct. Right. And the way to remedy that is not to fall in love with your product, but fall in love with your client. Because if you love your client and they know it and you're helping them, that's how you get them to open up and get other people to listen to them. And what we always do is every time someone pays off a debt, I don't care if it's a credit card debt, a student loan debt, a car, anything, every time they pay off a debt, we're on the phone with them, we're congratulating them, and we're asking them, who else do they know that we can help? And that's how we get people to listen. That's so liberating. I and, mean, And it just... feels so good when you get out of something like that. There's, it's unbelievable the amount of millennials. And it's so easy, Mark. That's the most frustrating part. It's so easy to help people if they want to be helped. They have these limiting beliefs that they can never get out of debt. And that's on them. If we got an hour with them, we can change that belief, change their story. Yeah. Change their life. Mark's been, you know, I've been talking to him. I mean, I have some credit card debt that I easily want to get rid of and I use it to be able to 
you know, get points. But I don't pay it off at the end of the month. And he's been hawking me to sit down. Let me show you. Let me show you. And we got to do it. Me and my partner, Alan, talked about it after he came and gave us a presentation. Great. And I'm going to get three new clients when this is over. We we need to. I want to get it all straightened out so my businesses are in great shape. All right. That's amazing, Mark. We really got to help spread the word. Really. I really want to make it a point because of the clients that I deal with and the people, we got to help them. Well, thank you. And I believe in you guys, too. And that's why I'm here today. Say how to get a hold of you real quick. Real quick. All you have to do is go www.wehatedebt.com and all the information's right on our website. Very good. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. And coming up next is our topic of the day, fear of success. What is that about? All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio WPHT. All positive all time. We'll be right back. This week's edition of Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaros and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Deanne and Mark will return in just a moment. But first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do I qualify for? Check it out at GreenTreeMortgage.com. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 Talk Radio, WPHD. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to the topic of the day. Which is? Fear of success. What is that about? Fear of success. It's a very strange thing. I've ran into it a few times in my career. I don't have it too much. Like, I don't mind taking chances. But a lot of people, and the doctor, Dr. Abelson segment in our show, just so our audience knows, he talks about these four different personality types. And the biggest group is the S's and C's, which don't like to make snap decisions and they contemplate things and fear of success is a very weird one though. I've had this happen to me a couple of times in my career. I get involved with people and just as things were going really good, they wanted out because kind of like a relationship, like it was things were going too good. <laughs> so some people have this fear of failure and it's paralyzing and it holds them back and of, you know, taking risk or taking steps forward. Conquering this fear of failure, not letting it stand in your way and learn how to turn failure into success. That's one thing. But there's this other one, fear of failure, that actually may be a hurdle, though ironically, it's fear that it might work. I had one years and years ago that I took a shot, quit a job, started my own business with a guy that had a small mom and pop shop, and I went out selling. And next thing I know, we got like a 50,000 square foot warehouse and I'm signing contracts all the way and I'm happy. And I come in and he said, this is getting too big, too fast. I want out. And I had no response to that one. I was like dumbfounded. But it was like fear that it's going to work. And I've had it a few times and I don't get it, but like... People get it. You're at a different point now. You're just, you don't even think about it. It's going to happen. It's going to work and it's going to be successful. Well, see, me and you are very similar. We, my, all my whole career, everything. I always thought we can make this work. That's the way I look at things. There's a way to make this work. But a lot of people look at things like, yeah, this is good, but what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, and then the opportunity is gone. 
But some people actually get into situations where it really starts working and then they get kind of scared of it because it might be too big. Right. Which I just don't get it. But it's like, uh, it's something that's real. I've ran into it with agents I've hired that if they did this and they did that, they would take off and they know they want to do it. But it's changed. And they sometimes even sabotage themselves. Right. And they will. Uh, and, you know, you left them out there and uh, on the field and with this concept of what was going to, what, what it could be look like. What did it look like if everything worked out? And they Like have, if we paid all of our debt off, what would yeah, that look what like? What would that look like? <laughs> so you got to convince yourself of like, you know, when you get involved with something and you're going to take a chance, no matter what it is, a new job and opening a business, buying an investment piece, whatever, there's a little, there's risk. There's risk in everything that there's you risk do. There's risk. And, and if actually, if you're not failing, you're not growing, you're not learning. No, and you always fail forward. I made many, many mistakes, but you don't make those mistakes again. Usually <laughs> you fail, <laughs> you fail forward. But like, it's, it's an un, for me, it's, I have a really hard time with this one because I don't see it. Like I, I don't get scared that it's going to take off. And like, I always think like, what if it takes off to a point where what happened, like the school, for example, you know, I started out, I was the teacher, the instructor, the janitor, the bookkeeper, right. the marketing guy. <laughs> I was everything. Sure. And then now there's like, I got all these teachers and all these students and somebody said to me, well, what happens if you get like a thousand students called? Remember I said that? Yeah. When, when I did the commercial? Yeah. What if a thousand students called? I was like, oh, we'll hire some more teachers. Right. We'll solve that problem. And that's what Where you did. other people would like, there's people that would go, Ugh, right. oh my God. You're like, you know, that. But they're, the they're good problems. It is. And a lot of people don't even realize that they're actually doing that. I know. It, it is. It's a very interesting. Is there thing. a solution? Yeah. I think the solution to the is talk to somebody, uh, talk it out. I like, that's why I like having partners. I like having somebody else in all my businesses. I like somebody else because I'm not that accountable. And, and I think if you have somebody to bounce things off, you know, you're, uh, you're better off. You're better off. And, and I always wonder, you know, what, what if it gets big? There are good problems. Yeah. Agreed. What if you got too many clients? What if 500 people, you know, we'll figure it out when we get there. That's right. how I feel about it. That's right. I, I figure you can always solve the problem. And it has to do with personalities. And speaking of that, Dr. A, are you there? I am. Yes. So we were just talking about fear of success. So you're gonna oh. do so you're gonna do this series on the four personality types, the D, the I, the S, and the C, which we kind of just talked about a little right, bit. Right, but it's gonna relate to to real estate and buying or and selling buy and sell. Right. So doctors start today with the D personality. Well, do we want to look at buyers or sellers? We wanna look at uh I like buyers. Yeah, let's do, about agents. Let's like do buyers. What does okay, the D, what's so, the D buyer like? Oh, the D buyer. Um, 
they don't want you to mess around with time. They want you to be very efficient. Uh, they want you to uh, give them the facts, uh, not your opinion, but data and information. Uh, they want you to really be prepared uh, so um, they don't have to waste their time. Right? They don't want to see a whole bunch of houses. Uh, they expect you're going to qualify them appropriately regarding what they're looking for. Uh, and then uh, depending on uh, their spouse, if they have a spouse or their kids, that may or may not be an issue. Uh, it depends on how narcissistic they may be. <laughs> <laughs> but they're usually going to get to the decision quicker. Absolutely. Uh, out of all the out of out of the three behavioral styles, the D is going to be uh, the most decisive uh, to get it done. But they're going to want a good deal. Uh, so um, so because we're also very, very competitive uh, and uh, they, they need to feel good about what the particular deal is. So so come to the table and, and know what uh, the average um, price has been under list price. So if it's 97% or 95% or, or, or whatever it might be uh, in that price range or in your market, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you get, they've got a little better deal than, than what is average, um, hopefully a lot better deal. You can also tell, Dr. Ed, the way that they send their documents to me. You know, sometimes I'll get four or five, six pieces of paper from someone, and then there's other clients where I'll get the little zip folder and it's everything's labeled. They send me back my list. It's all checked out. You know, exactly where to find everything. We are talking about a D, all right? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, that's, that, that's an S or an SP. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, but it, falls, it, it falls along the lines with the data because that's exactly those people, you know, so it's. Well, it's, you know why they do that, though? Like me, everybody thinks I'm very organized and I'm a high D. But. I'll do all that and have, I'll get all that done at one time because I always get, that's 80% to me. I'll get all that stuff done and then just send it to you and it's done. That's the day getting to the bottom line. Well, that goes to another issue and that is give them a list of what you want and what you need and make sure everything that you need is on the one list. They don't want you to be going back and forth and back and forth because that the, the process time is, is not something that Kills that a very intense state. Now, keep in mind, okay, there's, there are a lot of different disk assessments out there. Ours actually looks at 384 different behavioral styles. So yeah. there's actually 96 different levels just of D. So, so there's all different levels of D. What we're talking about is somebody who's a really, really intense D, okay, because you can have people who aren't nearly as intense as what we're talking about. So right. They're not going to be this, this decisive. They're not going to be this competitive. They're not going to be this abrupt. So we're talking about somebody who's really high on the D scale. Right. Me, like Most me. When I, went out, when I went out looking for a house, I bought the first one I looked at. Cause I, oh, my God. Well, I look at it like it's a house. I, I figured I'm not going to be here forever. It's the same with the truck. Like oh I, I called my Ford dealer up. He says, yo, your lease is up. You got to bring it in. I was like, you have any trucks over there? He's like, yeah. I went over. Pulled in. And Pulled he, out with another He goes, one. you want to take it for a test run? I was like, not really. <laughs> Like I'm yeah, uh, then, and that that goes with the D too because they they figure well if I don't make get it right this time I'll just do it again. Uh, you know it, they don't like to dwell on things. No. And one of the things that I did mention is our assessment looks at ninety six you know different levels of D. The next best assessment only looks at six levels. So it really depends on the assessment that you're taking. You know as to 
the quality of the reports you're going to get. Awesome. All Thank right, you, Dr. Doctor. A. Tell him how to get a hold of you real later. quick. Say your phone number Abelson. real quick. Abelson at Abelson.net. A-B-E-L-S-O-N at A-B-E-L-S-O-N.net. All right, doctor. Thank you. All right. And if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609 605 7153. A special thanks to all of our listeners and our sponsors and Mark for doing that great segment on debt-free living today, which I am very interested and listening, tuning in every Sunday here on Talk Radio. Can try to keep you informed every week. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All, all positive, all the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. When we make a profit, you see it. Better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community. All the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours.